Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Come on inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg continuing to guide you through our new quarantine lifestyle. The NFL preparing to do their virtual draft and here on the College Football Film Room, we're doing things virtually as well, but that's pretty much the way we've always done it, Chris, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. In fact, I was, uh, it was teasing me. A couple of guys were teasing me because I, you know, usually at draft time. Uh, well, you know, obviously I've spent a lot of time in draft rooms and still doing some consulting work with teams. I used to go into their draft rooms, but as I've expanded, done it with more teams, I've actually been kind of on a virtual setup where people can kind of dial in and, you know, or, you know, call in or whatever and, and just at least verbally talk. So this is kind of like old hat for me, but now it complicates it because normally everybody's there in the draft room and then there's like the speakerphone and do that. Now it's going to be a little bit different and everybody's in a little bit of a flutter and a panic about how they're going to deal with it. But yeah, all is good. And as I try to tell everybody, hush up, everybody's going through uh, a lot worse issues around the country so we can get through a darn draft um and and get through this uh you know uh, without much uh much uh consternation and hand-wringing as as everybody's kind of going through we'll have issues but it's gonna be interesting well a lot of college football fans are wondering what's gonna happen with uh, the sport and a couple of interesting comments you know everyone's wondering when teams are going to be able to get to work right And, and obviously you know, there's there's different plans. Major League Baseball came out with their plans. Uh, Dana White from the USC wants to buy a private island and, and do stuff there. Yeah, that guy's uh, something else. I don't think uh, many colleges are going to be able to, to have their own private island, although some schools actually might, Chris, um, <laughs> but, but not everybody. But as, as the availability of more tests and, and the ability to have those tests and turn around the results quicker rather than later – there is hope that possibly programs could get to work. Mike Gundy actually came out, Oklahoma State head coach, and he said that his goal is to go back to work inside their football facility beginning in May because he hopes that there's going to be tests available for players, for coaches, for employees, and that they're going to be able to get back into their building. Now, I'm not going to sit here and and say that this is wishful thinking or this is not realistic or whatever it is, but – I don't know. Is there even a reason to to come out and speculate on when you can come back at this point? No, I I think it's really, look, I mean, I'm always, and it doesn't make me right, but I I always, uh, look, it's fair game, I guess, to criticize coaches, but I've always said, you know, I I take with a grain of salt even less than a grain of salt when people who've never coached been in that position or drafted players or whatever criticize coaches. I sure as heck don't want Mike Gundy or Mike Leach or Dabo Sweeney, you know, talking about what's happening uh, from a health and a medical standpoint. You know, it just doesn't, um, it gives the impression of that people are soft, that they don't do it or something. 
But let the people that know what the heck they're talking about decide when we need to go back. And, you know, I think we're we're having a lot of problems right now with trying to trying to deal with it. Well, look, we all want to get back. Everybody is in the same boat. We all want to get back. Um, we all want to get into a a normalcy of let's get some um, form of offseason before we kick off the season. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if there's going to be a season. Kids are not coming back to campus. We So I, you can't be – it's way above his pay grade. It is not going to be determined by a college coach or an athletic administrator or a college administrator. It's going to be decided among our health professionals in this country and government that are going to make the best determination of what we should do. And I don't think that that should be focused. It's just in bad taste when we're dealing with trying to figure out how we can slow down the deaths in this country to say, you know what? Uh, we're here. Well, it's April 7th, and I expect May 1st to be. Well, expect based on what, Mike? What the hell do you know about what's going on medically? You know, we don't know. May 1st may be great. If the medical people say it, that's fine. I don't really like the weighing in because there are people that actually pay attention to that. And because they're a head coach, they listen to everything that they say. And quite frankly, some of those guys, you know, I wouldn't trust with a whole lot of anything. They're just not qualified for that. So I just think it's in bad taste to do it. And I'm, I'm talking about not just that, but when James Franklin came out three weeks ago and said, man, we should shut the country down. You know what, James? You're not qualified to say that either. You know, I mean, just let the let the people that know what they're talking about talk about it. And I just think that, you know, the, we live in a world where everybody thinks their opinion matters. It doesn't. I mean, really, it doesn't. There's only a few opinions that matter on certain topics. And that's what we need to focus in on and not worry about that everybody has a hot take. And I just think that's, that's really in bad taste. Now, Scott... Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with what schools are doing. They've got uh, – I, I checked in with Nick Saban um, uh, last week, and he's showing up at the facility by himself, but he's showing up, and he has a meeting every morning at 7 a.m., the same as he always does, but virtual meetings with his coaches. Goes over what needs to be done, and he's, he's working on next year's schedule and all that. He's not saying anything. Anybody's asking him, hey, it's uncharted territory. I, I don't know. It's not, He's going to let that play out like he should. Uh, but the interesting thing is with technology is different people have either, uh, like Alabama has uh, like an Apple Watch, which I guess is some version of a Fitbit type of thing. I don't know. I don't have one of those things. And Scott, Scott knows me well enough to know I don't know technically about any of this stuff. But with an iPad or and, and, and all that, players are able to not only get their nutrition and their workout information, but they're able to input and you're able to see what they did. Um, so basically, and, 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 uh, and most everybody sent these um, basically using body weight. If you don't, we've talked about in the past, we don't have a lot of weight, so use body weight. A lot of bands and a lot of push-ups and uh, a lot of uh -huh. things that anybody can do anywhere in an apartment and a garage, any place. So that's what's being done. And then there's allowance now for virtual teaching. 
Uh, look, I mean, I look at it this way. It's, it's an awful situation we're going through, but it's an, another opportunity to figure out a way to teach and do things. And, you know, we're going to get back. I don't know when we're going to get back. We're going to beat this. We're going to get back to normalcy, but it may get a lot worse. And uh, I just wish guys would kind of back off trying to make the comments because, you know, one thing we're hearing that, and then we're hearing the medical experts say, Scott, and you know this, Scott's in New York where it's being hit as hard as anybody. And I'm in Louisiana where per capita it's been hit harder even than New York. And so it's one thing to be saying, all right, May 1st, we ought to be back. When our medical experts are saying the next two weeks are going to be the worst two weeks we've ever had. And a month ago today, there were 111 cases in this country and 11 deaths. Scott, look at how many deaths and how many cases we have in one month. Yeah. One month from now in May, it's going to obliterate the numbers we have now that are more than 12,800 deaths as of our taping in the United States alone from 111 last month at this time. So you don't want to be saying things, yeah, we ought to get back and all this when we're going to have maybe the two worst weeks. You know, he doesn't know that. He shouldn't know that. He's a coach. But that's why you keep your mouth shut and that the people that know what they're talking about on this topic, that's what I do. I don't care to listen to the politicians or the media. I want to listen to the medical experts. Yep. They're not always right, but they're the ones that know the most. And so I just think that's the best way to do it. And it's not about being positive or being negative. Let's just, you know, let this go. And let's hope that I don't want to do anything that's going to get people to put their guard down or do things that maybe could set us back because We've been through enough. We're going to go through a lot more, and let's hope to God that we come out of it in, in the best way possible. And I think the only way to do that is to pay attention to the people we should pay attention to. And, you know, when it's football season and we talk about going for it on fourth down, that's when I want to hear what you've got to say about your team. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's go from one mic to another mic. Uh, Mike Leach is going to have to expand his cultural awareness of Mississippi. According to the Mississippi, uh, the Mississippi State Athletic Director, John Cohn. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second. And look, I know there's really no sports to bet on, at least our four major sports here in our country. And with no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might agree that there's nothing to bet on. But Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. You got mixed martial arts, American Idol. I think I know who I want to put my money on. The elections, the spelling bee, their $750,000 poker series. They're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. And this is because of a tweet that Leach sent out, and, and his Twitter account is worth the follow, I'll tell you that much. But he sent out a tweet depicting a woman knitting a noose for her husband during self-quarantine. Uh, a lot of Bulldogs players had a problem with this, including defensive lineman Fabian Lovett, who has actually entered the transfer portal as a result of this. Um, Mike Leach, of course, had to, you know, uh, everyone has to make a comment about this. 
Um, university making a comment. Leach deleted the tweet. He issued an apology, said he regrets his choice of images, and uh, his tweets were found defensive. He had no intention of offending anybody. But um, is this just Mike Leach being Mike Leach, or is this something that Mike Leach is having to adjust to now being in Mississippi, you know, after spending all that time uh, up there in uh, Pullman? Well, he's going to have to adjust, but it is Mike being Mike. And quite frankly, it's Mike being what he's always been. And that's a knucklehead from a, you know, a common sense standpoint. He's very bright, but he's always made some goofy type socially awkward comments i have no question that mike did not mean to offend anybody it's his failed attempt at humor that you know some people listen i got people in my family like that scott that say awkward things at awkward moments that really don't fit and just are not appropriate and are just not socially aware just not common sense he recently a month ago made some kind of political statement. Okay, Mike, you know, again, no one's really interested in your political comments. And, and I'll say this, if you want to take a political stand, that's your right. Understand that probably your political stance is going to be the complete opposite of what most of your players or the recruits that you're recruiting are going to have or their parents are going to have. So good luck, okay? You, you don't do that. You don't. First of all, it's not very funny. I mean, he's trying to make a humor of, look, we're in a quarantine, and I'm sure there are a lot of wives and husbands yeah, that are yeah, really, yeah, you yeah. know, somebody sent me something today, and I thought it was cute. It was a guy up on a roof. He's sitting in a lawn chair, and he's got a two-by-four, and he's pretending like, okay, he's nailing the two-by-four like, okay, honey, I'm on a roof, and he's up there with like a, a case of Natty Light drinking in it. I thought that was funny. You know, like they're driving each other crazy. That's funny. Come up with something funny. Well, Mike, I dare find, well, on news, he didn't mean it. He's not where you don't in Mississippi talk about a noose or hanging or because it, it, it does have a different meaning to different people. It's being a lack. Some people say, oh, the snowflakes are out of, well, you know what? It's a pretty big deal to African-American community, and it should be, okay? I don't think that anything that jokes about the Holocaust or, or, or anything, I don't think any of that stuff is funny. If it's offensive to somebody, you, uh, be if you're that smart, come up with something that's funny, not something that's stupid. And I think that, you know, it's pretty obvious that the president and the athletic director at Mississippi State came out and basically condemned him for it. He's going to have to control himself because that Twitter stuff's going to get him in trouble because he doesn't have a socially aware or a lot of common sense, you know. Yep. Uh, and then so you got to deal with that. That's that's going to create a negativity. And look, when you're in Lubbock and you're in Pullman, Washington, you say stupid things. Not many people know about it. Now wait to wait till he starts playing football games and he gets beat three games in a row and he gets mm -hmm. pummeled and then he starts throwing his kids under the bus. He did that at Pullman, Washington. and eh, it doesn't quite make the news. That's going to be in Mississippi state. It's Mississippi state's not Georgia or Alabama, but it's still a higher profile because it's an sec school. And he starts doing that. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to say, what's this guy doing? Well, guess what? That's what Mike's always done. That's why I said, it's going to be an awkward fit.
and I think he's going to have a little bit of a hard time. But he's done a few things. He made some kind of offhanded comment about a museum in Mississippi that that um, that obviously talks about the strife of the African American in the Deep South. I grew up in the Deep South, man. I mean, it's you, you better understand what the heck you're talking about. And you might be, you know, Pepperdine Law degree smart, but you better understand that you might have an opinion, you might have a feeling, but not everybody cares to hear it, least of all some recruits or recruits' families. And, you know, he better not be losing any ground in that regard or it's going to be a very short stay in Starkville for him. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but I'm super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are so soft. They hold up in the wash and they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them to work, around the house. You can wear them while you're working out around the house. And it sounds like we're going to be doing that a lot now that all the gyms are closed because of the coronavirus. The best part about this, they're incredibly cheap. Only $15 and now you can get them for even less. So go to True Classic ClassicTees.com and use the code at checkout, Believe that's B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off at TrueClassicTees.com. Let's move on. Uh, last week we teased this out, Chris. Uh, you know, while we're dealing with quarantine and, and um, a lot of networks are showing classic games to kind of pass the time because there's no live sports on right now. Uh, with the exception, you know, NASCAR has got the the eye racing, so it's like a video game racing that you can watch on Sundays. I think that's pretty cool. But a lot of networks, uh, and especially the college networks, you know, the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network, they're all showing these classic games, and uh, ESPN as well, the big networks, whatnot. So we decided, let's you know, maybe throughout while we're dealing with this quarantine and and the lack of any actual sports being played. Why not just highlight some of our favorite games? Maybe each episode we'll do one game each or, or something like that. For me, I, I want to start because this game was actually on TV last week. Uh, ESPN rebroadcast the tw- 2006 Rose Bowl between Texas and USC. And in my opinion, it's, it's the best college football game I've ever watched. It, it had everything that you could want in a college football game from USC coming in on uh, what the 34 game winning streak, I believe it was. Yeah, and right. people people considering them the best college football team ever. Uh, I mean, right up there with you know 2001 Miami, uh, 1995 Nebraska. You know, these are some of the greatest college football teams of all time. And, and you know, 2005 USC was right up there. And so they come into this game, and everyone's picking them to win. Texas is led by Vince Young. USC has an early lead, and I'm telling you, Chris, if Reggie Bush does not try <laughs> and lateral that football in the second quarter, USC wins this game, they win the national championship, their streak goes to 35 games. But the fact that he tried to lateral that football after, what, gaining 35 yards uh, off a of Matt Weiner pass, then uh, Michael Huff recovers for Texas, Texas goes down, scores a touchdown in the ensuing possession. The game completely changed. The one thing that I found that was really interesting about that play is as I was reading up on it afterwards, that the Pac-12 actually came out and said that the play was incorrectly officiated on the field. And Reggie Bush's lateral was actually an illegal forward pass. Mm -hmm. And if it was 
And if it was called that way on the field, guess what happens? Yeah, it's a penalty, but USC retains possession. The ball does not go to Texas. So maybe they don't score a touchdown. Maybe USC scores a touchdown on that drive and the the whole game completely changed. So I will just, I will state that if Reggie Bush doesn't try that play, um, USC wins that game. National champs, 35 straight wins, greatest college football team of all time, possibly. Um, But hey, what am I even talking about? According to the NCAA, that game never happened anyway, right? Reggie Bush has to give everything (laughs) back. And uh, we never watched that game unfold. But still to me, Chris, Watching Vince Young run into that corner of the end zone there uh, at the Rose Bowl um, with, uh, what, 19 seconds left uh, on the clock there. Fourth that and five. Me, yep. Fourth that and five. to me was the greatest college football game that I've ever watched. And the thing I remember uh, 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 that comes out a lot in that game or that just comes to the forefront was how USC's Pete Carroll went for it on fourth and two at midfield and Reggie Bush wasn't on the field, <clears throat> gave it to Lendell White. But yes. the fact that Reggie wasn't on the field certainly indicated strongly what kind of predicted what their personnel group and what they were going to do. You got Bush on the field, and all of a sudden, Lendell White's got a little bit more running room in the middle uh, because of the fact that you've got to really be concerned about what Bush could potentially bring you in the passing game or a pitch out. So – Great game. I had a hard time coming up with it. Um, I'm going to give you my number one game I ever saw. Now, I still think the best one I ever saw in person was probably the 1973 Sugar Bowl. It was played on New Year's Eve back then. And it was number three Notre Dame beating number one Alabama 24-23. That was Tom Clements and... <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, that was a maybe the best game I've seen in person. Um, oh man, there was some other. Was games. that it, was that back then? That was Tulane Stadium back then. No, 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 no. Seventy three was uh, was the uh, was the Superdome. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. So it was still it was uh, it was played. Um, it was it was it was a really still a really good game. Um, but it's, but uh, you know, no Alabama never never beat them. Um, the other the game that i would vote for the best game that i ever saw was 19 thanksgiving day november 25th 1971 it was number one nebraska and number two oklahoma and nebraska won 35 31 it was uh, 829 of total offenses (laughs) four lead changes They had only one penalty in the game. It was the game of the century, which we've had 20 of them since. Uh But it was uh the game of the century. Johnny Rogers wrapped up the Heisman Trophy. Most people still watch that when they see the game. They see the gray and it's, you know, the artificial turf. And Johnny Rogers running it back. And they think that 72-yard punt return was the game winner. It wasn't. It was – it took place – after Oklahoma's first possession and they punted and he scored early. So that was earlier in the game. So, I mean, obviously four lead changes, it was a big factor in the game. I mean, it was, but it was, was early. Oklahoma scored on five drives of at least 69 yards and a defense didn't, that didn't allow more than 17 points to anyone else 
but Nebraska um, with Johnny Rogers and the the day that Jeff Kenny, the fullback at Nebraska, had he had four short touchdown runs and he had one scored with a minute thirty eight to play that um, that uh, that was the 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 determining factor. But uh, it was to me one of the I think one of the um, the 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 better games of the century in that it was one versus two. And it obviously the winner of that game always seemingly won. And it did in this case, it won the big eight title. It secured the Heisman trophy and it obviously it put them in the national championship game in the orange Bowl. So a lot was at stake. It, it happened to be ironically, not on Thanksgiving Friday, but on Thanksgiving day and, Wow. Oh, I still would love to have me some college football and NFL on Thanksgiving Day. And in, in the I know we got the egg ball at night, but I'd still love to have some daytime Thanksgiving Day games. But that is my vote, my friend. And there there are a number of other well, I tell you what, the 3130 in Miami, Nebraska, Orange Bowl and 84, Howard Schnellenberger, Miami's first title. That's another one. Boy, the, the Thanksgiving Friday, Boston College, Miami, 47-42, Hail Flutie game. Man, a lot of – the Miami-Notre um, Dame game in 88, 31-30. A lot of, lot of – Well, you speaking, of, speaking, speaking of this, uh, this Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry, Chris, you know what's coming up next year. Not this season, but 2021 – starts a home-and-home series between these two schools. They signed a deal in 2012 to play a home-and-home in 2021 and 2022, and that first game in 2021 in Norman will be the 50th anniversary of the 1971 Classic. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that they're doing it. Um, it's it's good to have those games. I'd, I'd like to see Pitt-Penn State play every year, I'd like, certainly Oklahoma-Nebraska. That was that was one of the best. Uh, we we lost it, and it will be good to see them play. It won't be the same. It won't be the same like playing on Thanksgiving weekend because that was the biggest rivalry. I mean, that was that was each school's. I mean, Oklahoma Texas is big. I think most people, you know, still felt Oklahoma. Oklahoma felt like Nebraska was because it was a big eight game and it determined who won the big eight and who went to the orange bowl every year. So it was huge. It was huge. And and that's going to be lost forever, obviously with, with Nebraska now in the big 10, but at least they're playing. So, you know, something to be said for that. That'll be fun. Uh, if you guys have any memories that you want to share with us, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Landry Football, at Scott's on Air, or go to LandryFootball.com and click the Contact Chris icon, and you can share with us some of your favorite college football memories. Speaking of LandryFootball.com, Chris, uh, all on top of the newsletter, the, the daily notebooks, um, because there's news that I'm sure will come out as we get more news on how our country is going to deal with COVID-19. Yeah, we'll certainly keep up to date on, right now in our notebooks, we got a lot of stuff. Yes, we got NFL draft stuff. But recruiting stuff, my God, I, you know, just doing a bunch of Big Ten stuff. And there's probably 25, 30 items over the past week just on Big Ten alone. And in, in, in about a similar amount, it just happened to be big uh, in the Big Ten this week. But it's pretty much the norm. Recruiting notes, kids narrowing down their lists. And, 
you know, deciding here in the next couple of weeks where they're going to go to or a commitment here or there. A lot of recruiting news. You get to learn about those players. How good are they? How they're going to fit in? So we got all that for you. Um, the transfer news and the coaching news has pretty much, you know, been uh, sloughed down a little bit. But I like to take this time, since we don't have spring practice, to focus on players um, in maybe different different positions and all that are going to be breakout players next year. And we try to do it different regions of the country. But so a lot of stuff. We'll fully believe and hope and pray we're going to have football this year. And when we do, you're going to be prepared to know about players that you don't know yet, but you will know during this football season. So we got all that for you in our notebooks. Uh, Obviously, if you're following college football from a draft standpoint, you can check out our draft boards, see where they stack up and kind of where things are headed in terms of who they're meeting with, all of that. So a lot of stuff going on on the college side as well, even though there's no spring practice. Um, at LandryFootball.com. And uh, be sure to follow Chris once again on Twitter, at LandryFootball, me, at Scott's On Air. And subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. And again, uh, feel free to contribute as well. Go to LandryFootball.com, click Contact Chris. Any questions or comments or uh, memories that you'd like to share with us as we continue to help uh, guide you through this uh, new world that we live in. Chris, until next week, talk to you then, buddy. Hey, look forward to it, man. Thanks a bunch. Great job. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.